Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. Today's discussion is about non-belief in India. So I'll give you guys a bit of a background about why I decided to have this discussion. So uh, as you know, I was a little bit under the pump uh, a few weeks ago where, when the whole Armin Nawabi and the Kalima thing happened. And, and at that time, it was very interesting. Uh, so on the one side, I was getting uh, a lot of love. <laughs> And on the other side, I was getting contacted by a whole slew of people who were like, Are bhai, maybe who disbeliever, maybe who disbeliever, maybe who disbeliever. And, and it's not nothing new for me because uh, since I've oh, been very vocal about my disbelief, uh, at least on the podcast since the last three plus years, I do get messages even from outside India. Like I get messages from Pakistan too, which is very interesting. Like a lot of Pakistani atheists who are very much under the ground, you know, they will never talk about it. They will message me and then they'll write in Urdu, bhai, hum bhi aapke jase. And then in, in this entire period, you know, I read a tweet from Abhishek, where Abhishek accidentally said that I've never had to mention that I am a disbeliever. And I was like, wait, what? Abhishek bhi hai? And then, and then I remember tweeting to Abhishek, I was like, bhai, welcome to the club, tum bhi ho, hamare saath, kind of a thing. And then I, then we spoke on the phone and I, we were just talking about our journey, right? And, and what hit me was that our journeys are very similar, which is basically our journey is very boring, which is the story of pretty much most Hindu disbelievers. And then I told Abhishek, ki, abhi ye boring cheez ko interesting kaise kare? Like we have to do a podcast on this. And then Abhishek was like, interesting karne ke like, believer ko <laughs> We can't have two boring disbelievers have a chat and then make it interesting. So then Abhishek was like, okay, let's call Shuchi and let's have a discussion on the general discourse around disbelief in India and our feelings about disbelief in India. So first of all, Shuchi and Abhishek, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kushal, for having thanks. us. All right, so Abhishek, I'm going to start with you. Uh, uh, as both of you guys are, you know, coming for the first time on the podcast, so while I want you to talk about your, you know, your views on disbelief and your journey a little bit, I know you told me ki yar mera to kuch tha hi nahi. Matlab, hai, bola hum mante nahi hai kuch mein, aur kisi ne kuch nahi bola aur hum aage kind of a thing. Pretty much like me, I, I remember telling my family like I don't believe in this, and they're like, okay, shut up and have your breakfast, kind of a thing. We don't care. <laughs> that that was, and it ended there for me too. But still, for everybody who's uh, you know going to be listening to you on this podcast, so I'll request you to say a little bit about yourself, and then let's get into your journey as a disbeliever uh, per se, and your views on disbelief in India. So go for it, Abhijit. So as for me, so I work at Indian Institute of Science. I'm a professor in mathematics, associate professor. And uh, so, and I write a little bit for India. I also stay a little connected on Twitter. So that's about it for myself. But you talk about my journey for thinking. So I believe I started or sort of came into this disbelief thing around 15 years ago. So at that time, I, I was a grad student. And I remember, and honestly, my initiation into this kind of thinking was actually started out watching YouTube videos. At that time, YouTube was new. So I think this would be around 2006 or 2007. And I started watching these videos. And then I realized, I came to this realization. I realized that to the sense of religious identity, religion, I am not bringing the same kind of rationality as I bring into my work. And why am I not doing that? And honestly, I had no answer to this question. 
and so you had to be consistent if you are going to be rational if you are working in mathematics you be, i mean rationality is your number one focus it's very difficult uh, why not why not apply the same thing uh, to faith and i should tell you that at that point i was a very very committed religious believer and i would almost i would almost go out of my way to find superstition so it would be like there would be people in my family and around me who would be like are you crazy why would you get up in the morning and check the uh, i don't know some horoscope or astrology and stuff for the day and i mean like they were like what is happening to this guy and then when i realized it in the beginning i was sort of angry with myself which went on for around 3 months or so but then i realized okay so the question before me actually and i really faced this question was so what about so are you a hindu way this this question really came to me and it in the beginning i i remember i actually wrote down six pages explaining why i am not going to be a hindu so i took this very very seriously and then i actually threw those six pages away because i actually spoke to another of my friends who was dealing with the same thing so so i was doing my phd on the east coast in the us and he was doing it on the west coast and he actually had this conversation and i said to him that do you realize that we are not really being rational are we and we start discussing and he actually helped me figure this out and then slowly so now i can talk about what is my current state so currently i i i identify very strongly as a and the reason for that is because i believe we have a super and unique tradition here and in fact out of all the religious traditions out there i believe this is unique in the way that this is hinduism is the only one that looks at the world as a complex and uncertain entity if you ask me in one sentence i used to have a, have a have a crazy office mate he later off went on to new zealand to do organic farming or whatever so that guy he once asked me so abhishek what does hinduism teach and i couldn't come up with a good answer and it took me two years to answer that question and finally i gave him gave him the answer that you know bruce what does hinduism teach it teaches you that there are no easy answers and i think that is very very important if you ask a muslim or a christian what does this have to do with that what how do you react to this how do you react to that he's going to open this book or that book and say well or you know today only i was looking at this place there's this place where you could go online and ask for a fatwa on something and they'll give you something but uh, if you ask a hindu where does your morality come from he opens up the mahabharata most common reference most of us don't really read the vedas uh, so most commonly they'll read, open up mahabharata or ramayana and these are really complex stories you pick up one character in mahabharat each person has his own morality so in my opinion hinduism is the only it's the is the unique tradition that embraces the uncertainty and complexity of this world which makes it so amazing and at the same time then uh, this and i also have to deal with this idea of calling myself an atheist and honestly in the beginning i was a bit of a fan of uh, dawkins and hitchens and Harris and these people, and you know, Dawkins got excommunicated from atheism somewhere around the year 2010. I remember. Uh, so <clears throat> that was a very watershed moment for me. And the other thing that I realized is that once you start being rational, it's such a big thing. It's not just believing that there is no God in the sky. See, you have to be rational in every single thing, smallest things. Every day you wake up in the morning, and what? what money where are you going to invest your money how are you going to deal in your interpersonal relationships which political ideology are you going to support 
being a rational is a very very difficult job and to, and this is like a huge thing it's a work in progress so when i hear these people who are like i call the, like uh, you know atheism ki dukan who will open up and they will start just beating oh i am an atheist i am an atheist you are so, you are everybody else is so dumb and look at me i am an atheist to me it's like the second grader bullying the first grader on the playground saying oh you know nothing you learn everything when you come to second so it's really hilarious to me so when i see this atheism ki dukan kind of and uh, so what i feel is that one has to be rational and once you have rational it's such a big universe it's so difficult it's so complicated that it really takes up a lot of your mental and the reason that i and that's why i ran away from the label atheist i never really spoke about it but the reason i do i did again mention it very discreetly in one side tweet is because i noticed that there is this one small growing constituency it is sort of within the hindutva brigade with which i identify myself and it's a very small group and i haven't actually met any but such person in real life i know many people who are I think we've lost Abhishek. Uh, can you hear Abhishek? No, I think he's dropped out. Yeah, I think he's dropped out. Uh, anyways, so, so I think he's going to come back. Uh, uh, so Shuchi, I'll go to you in the meantime. Uh, mm -hmm. While Abhishek comes back, I think he's dropped off. So here's the thing, Shuchi. Uh, Abhishek used a very important point about rationality, right? Now here's yeah. where I come from. I am someone who's been a disbeliever. now probably for two decades but i also find this thing so abhishek used uh, the word atheism ki dukan so yeah so hmm. atheism ki dukan basically there are atheist and then there is atheism plus right atheism and others right so so atheism yes. per se would be a negation it is not a positive doctrine it is basically atheism is a negation of the other side's claims right so if the other hmm. side says i believe in abc they will say i don't believe in what you believe now i'm not going to yes. come up so so what happened was the other side said then what do you live your so what is your code how do you live your life or xyz and that's when atheism plus comes in and and in actually hmm. people don't realize a lot of what we call social justice warrior uh, buga buga is actually a hmm. lot of they don't realize it's all atheism plus it's basically atheist when they dumped religion it left a vacuum in their life and then they tried to uh, you know fill that vacuum with with atheism now here's my question to you i i personally have found this retort by atheist while i am a disbeliever and i don't use the word atheist for myself now for good 5 7 years i i call myself a gnostic nirishwarwadi i i purposely mm. don't call myself an atheist uh, and i have my reasons but that's not for today so uh what i wanted to ask you is that uh, in my view and tell me whether i'm right or wrong i and i wanted to know your view and also before you start i wanted you to tell everybody a bit about yourself so for me rationality is not the sole monopoly of disbelievers i think we are all selectively rational and selectively irrational now when uh, but when an atheist says gender is a social construct i think an atheist is being irrational in that area i don't believe gender is a social construct gender is very much biological while we maintain the biological reality of gender i'm just using that as an example we can still yeah. accommodate many people in the other areas 
so how has your life i mean i don't know how many disbelievers you have met in my life like in my case i'll tell you 98% of my friends i think 99% of my friends are believers and we've never had an issue with my disbelief since the day i've grown up but here's my caveat all my friends by and large are hindus the only time i've had issue with disbelief is when somebody from the abrahamic faith came into my life there the issue suddenly pops up ki oi tu kyon nahi manta tu jante tu jannu mein jaane wala matlab bhai kyon bhej raha hai mere ko udhar main to khush hua डॉगमेटिक सेंस सो माई जर्नी प्रिटी मच इज सिमिलर टू अभिषेक्स आई ग्रू अप इन आर्य समाजी फैमिली सो वी वर एनी वे नॉट वेरी हाइपर रिलीजियस टू बिगिन विद बट माई पेरेंट्स ऑलवेज ट्राई टू वियर मी टूवर्ड्स यू नो द हिंदू टेक्स एंड इन अ वेरी जेंटल वे नथिंग लाइक यू हैव टू फॉलो दिस और यू हैव टू बिलीव इन वॉट वी बिलीव बट दिस दिस इज अ थिंग and why don't you uh, read uh, xyz books and maybe decide what you want to <laughs> what what path you want to take in life so this is it's been since childhood because there are a lot of things uh, that were not coherent with me the more i explored religion the abrahamic faiths i outright reject i i have no issues in saying that i have absolutely zero respect for uh, those faiths but hinduism is something that i was willing to explore because uh, it's an umbrella it's a huge uh, it's a scale so it's not like you have to um, i mean the more you explore you will relate to some things and probably uh, you won't relate to certain areas so there is you it's it is a possibility that you can find a space for yourself there under that umbrella even as a disbeliever even someone like you as a gnostic you can find a uh space for yourself there uh it's the entire uh, what do you say for the lack of a better the liberalism of the religion that uh, allows for this because you're not tied to a book or a one certain book or a set of rules and guidelines that you know if you do this you are a hindu if you don't do this you're not a hindu if i identify myself with a civilization and i identify myself with certain values uh I think I am Hindu enough, uh, but uh, for the longest time I had trouble accepting that for myself. That came after a lot of self-exploration and a lot of seeking. Um, I mean, it was only recently, like three, four years back. I was like, yeah, maybe this is if I have to have to put myself in a box and I have to put a label on myself. Uh, maybe this is this is what uh, you know. This is where I fit in the best. Uh, I. more than disbelievers and believers i think there are two kinds of people uh, out there where religious discourse is concerned there are the seekers and the followers so the people will take their time to find answers for themselves and then there are people like ha ye likha hai is kitab mein likha hai so this is this is it this is how it is geeta mein ye likha hai ya vedon mein ye likha hai and we would say ha likha hai to matlab uh, doesn't make sense to me 
so we would probably rebel against uh, certain things that don't make sense to our personal uh, value systems and um, so mostly with abrahamic faiths you will not find a single seeker in that area they are strictly followers which is why uh, the atheism plus that you were talking about the reason that they are so rigid is because that atheism that they call uh, that they identify with is not their own thought it is something that they have hooked themselves onto in an attempt to seem cool or you know, with it or modern or more rational uh, but they haven't put in much thought to it you know if this is a path maybe there is an alternative uh, path uh, that also might be true that's the whole complexity of life it's not necessary that what you believe is the only truth there might be more than one truths so the reason they are so rigid and unreceptive of diverse opinions uh, is because whether they call themselves atheists or staunch hindus or sanatanis or whatever they fall into the follower bracket of things they have been told this is uh, a label this is what it entails this is where you have to fit yourself they'll brainlessly fit themselves there the same thing with uh, like uh, like you said gender is a social uh, construct people who will parrot that line will not delve deep into it and uh, understand what it actually means they would just uh, oh this is the vedic thing this is the woke thing to say so uh, let me just flow with it because you know if i don't flow with it i would be seen as orthodox or conservative or um, uh, backward or whatever and i remember the discussion that uh, the three of us had that day on that whatsapp uh, group um uh, about paganism do you remember that yeah yeah i do i do yeah <laughs> so i i think um, so i mean if i have to put myself w- within hinduism uh, somewhere i i'm not much into idol worship i don't have a mandir in my house uh, but yes i do uh, believe in a divine power i do believe in the divinity um, of our surroundings and nature and i would probably worship the moon i would worship the trees i would worship uh, you know every everything that represents the life force so in that sense yes i would call myself a hindu but the current uh, discourse around uh, religion has become such that to counter the whole abrahamic uh, uh what do you what what word would you use there uh the staunchness there has there is a section of hindus uh who have started doling out certificates for free that uh, you know you are hindu enough or you're not hindu enough we don't consider you hindu enough or you are a raita or a, a you know a pseudo hindu or a wannabe hindu or whatever i mean there are like umpteen kinds of funny labels out there the moment you speak about religion you speak about your beliefs there always always somebody to say oh you know nothing go read it's, i don't have to read i have a brain i can think for myself you know if something doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense to me i cannot force fit myself into a box but yes if you consider uh, if you want to make it a box i will not fit there if you want to make it an umbrella i would definitely fit there um, and i don't understand this whole tendency of uh, people becoming you know guardians of a religion uh, i mean like the pope or somebody to decide who is hindu enough to be talking about hinduism and um, 
you know who's a right wing as they call it <laughs> so that's where i mostly fall i suppose uh, you would be you would have been called that as well on multiple I occasions I, i don't know what yeah. i am i'm i'm hated by each and every one because i'm too non conformist exactly. by nature so that's exactly that's same thing so same thing so like all oh, exploiting the right wing and they are just riding on the right wing as you uh, assume that i was a right winger i have always been pretty uh, vocal and transparent about my beliefs i have never once uh, even said that religion is a necessary thing i don't feel the need for religion in this world i mean look at things around you We, uh, every problem ever has stemmed from religion from the dogma of religion rather hmm. so uh, you can uh, be tied to a religion and i mean you cannot be tied to a religion and still be a believer i would call myself a 100% believer i would never say that i am an atheist i don't uh, uh, connect to that label at all as well but then um, if i have to find my space i find it under hinduism uh, but then there are people who say oh you can't be here because uh, you are not confirming enough so that that's where my <laughs> conflict comes from all right so so let me go to abhishek so here's the thing abhishek it's it's always been a problem where when it comes to uh, i think shuchi is also in kind of the same board and that that lays down the way most hindus feel right like i i don't remember this kind of a faith obsession ever growing up like what do you believe in was never the criteria it was always more about your character than your set of goals i'm not saying anything goes don't get me wrong i'm not a moral relativist i'm actually a very objective person when it comes to morality in fact i find a lot of religious people to be moral objectivists about <laughs> relativists i'm not a moral relativist i believe there is yeah. something called the worst possible outcome i actually believe in that and i judge yeah. everybody on that but here's the thing abhishek so we were talking about atheism plus right now there there is this dogma within disbelief and uh, unfortunately you got cut off there so i want to bring it back to that area so i'll give you a little bit of my journey so i remember i don't know if you are aware of this abhishek have you heard of this group called nirmukta yes yes okay. yes they were their group of they had that little parrot kind of thing no Yeah, yeah. So, look, basically, yeah. Marxist. Hey, these guys are Marxist, mm. and mm. so I'm talking about very, very long time ago. It's like mm. maybe 13, 14 years ago. So, I remember going. So, I was just exploring my. So, I at that time I was a militant Dawkinian atheist, right? I had read the Four Horsemen, and I was like, "Pura dhatura khake, bedke ki, you know." f everything kind ke aag laga do duniya mein kind of an atheist and then i went to uh, through that journey and then i went to nirmukta and there i realized yaar ye log to pagal hain sachhi bata raha hu mera to yahi opinion tha matlab main udhar gaya matlab ye log ko kya ho gaya and then then i was like but this is not my experience why are you guys put painting an experience on the name of hinduism like i will tell you where the problems of hinduism are i can point out to caste i can point out to many things and i can give you scriptural non scriptural everything when it comes to me i am a well read hindu but the point is young ko kya ho gaya and then you won't believe it i have never been thrown out of a religious page ever in my life but the only pages i have been thrown out of in my life are two the richard dawkins forum and the nirmukta page for not being atheistic enough what the hell was that so have you ever faced anything like this as a disbeliever 
so uh, so for so uh, so my, one of my perhaps one of weaknesses is that whenever i get into something i really get into something so when i was i was looking at dockens and everything so i really got into this milieu and then uh, i mean i never got thrown out of a page because i wasn't actually uh, active on facebook or anything for a long time but uh, but uh, what i noticed is rather what i noticed is what happened to dockens itself is uh, you know so you know dockens made a comment and then and uh, i don't know if you are referring to the same thing when we say atheism plus but i remember uh, there was this thing around the 2008 2009 where some of these people i think some of the guys who were leading it were people by the name of pc myers and some of these people they came up with something that they called atheism plus mm-hmm. and atheism plus basically meant atheism plus leftism so yep. <clears throat> yeah and uh, that was very clear that the point of view was you know you first uh, remove whatever religious background a person has you empty out his mind and then you pour in marxism and leninism and everything and uh, hardcore leftism and you say that okay so that's atheism plus so if you are an atheist you must also believe that you know taxes should be raised on the rich people apparently that's also part of atheism and uh, you know you have to have a host bunch of social and uh, political beliefs they must come that's what they used to call atheism plus hmm. i don't know if you are referring to the same thing as uh, but, but it has gone plus. through waves right so the first atheism yeah. plus was obviously pc myers and all those yeah. people which was in the early 2000s the late 2000s yes. Yes. and in this uh, this uh, decade basically in the decade we are in currently yeah. atheism plus has basically gone into postmodernism wokeism uh, yeah, yeah exactly. so it's not good enough that you don't you know kind of mm. subscribe to the claims of religion so so yeah. i always say this right disbelievers are of two kinds one are the militant atheist which was dawkins you know he was an active proselytizer of yes. atheism right and then there were i think what you and i are leave me the hell alone disbelievers that's what we are to be very yes. honest we just want to be left alone like yeah. mere ko akela chhod do ha main nahi manta main mandir mein bhi chale jaunga odd occasions mein agar mujhe bologe mere ko koi problem nahi hai ha main aise idol ke aage niche haath bhi jhod lunga jhuk bhi jaunga mere ko koi issue nahi hai un cheezon se but if you ask me whether i believe it or not I'm not a Muslim, but I'll celebrate my culture. Yes, exactly. I'll celebrate Diwali. I will celebrate Holi. I will even go to a Hare Krishna temple and enjoy the song and dance. Yeah. But the point is, I don't see the divinity in it. I just see cultural, anthropological mm-hmm. value in some things. And like from me, uh, for me, rituals are very natural part. Like even sports teams, right? when you go on to the ground what do cricket teams or soccer teams do they do a huddle what the hell is huddle it's a ritual it's literally a ritual it's a ritual of getting all your minds in sync and basically post agricultural societies have come up with religion so that they needed a common narrative to control each other so for when i say like my my thing with disbelief is and and again this new form of atheism that basically rose from the four horsemen which are Dawkins, Dennett, Hitchens, Harris was in response to his Christianity, Islam primarily. I don't think yeah. so Judaism because even Judaism has a yeah. lot of comfort with atheism now. I mean, I know so many Jewish atheists now. Yeah. They they go to uh, the the synagogue too, so they don't care either. It's yeah. just a 
response to very violent Islam and uh, very uh, proselytizing Christianity. Now, in a space like this, Abhishek, where the hell do we fit in and how do we carve a niche out for ourselves? Because I'll tell you what. So there is this brand of atheists in the West now. They will decide who. And they scoff at us. You know it, I know it. They laugh at us. They laugh at us and they say, ye Hindu atheist First of all, I never called myself a Hindu atheist. I was very clear. But the Charvak Darshan ka follower who but the point is that why do we as Indian Hindus, and I will still call myself a Hindu, despite being a disbeliever, this is my cultural identity, screw you, because you have to be an ex-Christian, an ex-Muslim, or an ex-Spaghetti monster believer, or an ex-Pastafarian, I don't care, man, that's your experience, you came up with a shitty meme. And you lived in a shitty meme. I lived in a better meme. So why? It's like, dusre ko cancer hai, aur mujhe sardi hai, magar mein chemotherapy kara loo, kyunki usko bhi kya cancer hai. Mala, mein kyo karu, bhai? So how has your experience been in this, Abhishek? So the way, I think what is happening here is that, see, first of all, Western style secularism, it failed to understand Hinduism. Well, it, to be fair, when it was conceived, they weren't really even thinking about Hindus. So Western style secularism, they, they did not understand Hinduism. And the same thing is happening with atheism. First, there were so when Western style atheism came up, they also failed to understand Hinduism. Like you say, you have to be an ex-Muslim or you have to be an ex-Christian, but I don't have to be an ex-Hindu, right? Because to me, the whole Hindu thing is it it it, it embraces the complexity of the world. And I will try to because you know Shuji briefly touched upon this point of people giving certificates. See, I will explain what I feel. I definitely believe that there is a war on Hindus. Absolutely, because we are the last remaining major pagan culture in the world. China is not easy to get into. India is an open society. So they, there is a war on Hindus. Now, there is a group of people who are spooked by this war. And they are very worried that unless we lay down very, very specific boundaries and very, very specific guidelines, then we are going to lose this war. And that's a real concern. I will, I will totally give it to you. Now, the way I would define it is whenever this question of putting up, uh, the, you know, giving out certificates comes up is sort of the following. Like, see, there are two separate things. There's something called science and then there's something called scientific method. Science is what is explicit. I mean, it's some explicit theory or some explicit way in which something is happening. So you look at something and you say, OK, this is happening due to this. For instance, just in the case of COVID, you do, you do some observations, you take some measurements and you try to figure out what's going on. That is science. But then there is something which is the scientific method. See, the science is constantly changing and COVID in front of our eyes, we can see. The wisdom on COVID, the scientific wisdom on COVID is constantly changing. Somebody says, wear a mask. Then a few days later, they say, no, no, don't wear a mask. Then they say, no, no, wear a mask again. And the science is constantly changing. But the important thing is that the method isn't changing. That is, you try something. If it doesn't work, you give it up. You look for something else. That's the scientific method. So in, so if, in my view, the Hinduness, there is... A method, that method cannot go away. And that method includes disbelief within Hinduism. 
this idea that you can keep questioning and you can look at your traditions you can accept all your traditions because these traditions are very important to me as well because i see them as these cultural identity cards so for instance if if uh, somebody asked me uh, was uh, adi shankara an indian well i would answer yes most people would answer yes but if i really started telling how do you know adi shankara was in india the word india was not there he didn't have an indian passport then then how can you say he was an indian well that's because there is a common cultural identity card which i can look it up and i can say that okay because of this adi shankara was an indian and i am also an indian right so this cultural tradition is very important and at the same time hinduism is a sort of method that is even though the explicit forms keep changing the method does not change just like with science the conclusions of science keep changing based on the evidence but the method never changes and as long as you accept the scientific method you are a scientist so just like that as long as you accept the hindu method you are a hindu and nobody can tell you otherwise so that's my view so let let let's let's dig deeper because this is a very vital point that you've made you said there is a hindu method so now i'll tell you what in my world view so i am a philosophy student i actually this is kind of my ballpark and i always think about you know morality and ethics and all that uh, so i say um, the thing is that the hindu method for me is mutual respect reciprocity and ahimsa when i say ahimsa let me be very clear what what i mean by ahimsa but ahimsa i mean krishna's version not mahavira's version because in mahavira's version you slap me i can't slap back i mean that i ain't doing that i mean if you slap me i will come back to you. uh that's that's just my way but uh so in that sense what what would your way be when you say the hindu method when i say the hindu method what i would say is there has to be a reference to the traditions of this nation but on top of that whenever you look at something for me the hindu method is not really that different from applying the scientific method in moral situations that is i think the easiest way i would describe the hindu method like so in science you have very concrete questions i mean you know you ask what will help me get out of covid that's a very explicit question but in the hindu method you are looking at the world what is your view of the world you are basically applying the scientific method to questions of ethics and questions of morality and it is part of a tradition that is several thousand years long to me that's the hindu method that's the easiest way i can describe it is applying the scientific method to morality ethics and questions like that. that's what i short answer yeah so that that's a good uh, that's a good way of putting it so shuchi so now i wanted to come to you and uh, you can unmute yourself shuchi so here's my oh, i think we've lost shuchi i think her uh, her mobile phone or her internet is having problems it's okay so i'll go to you with the question so now here's the thing now there's something that i've always had a problem with when it comes to religious people and this this has been my grouse all the time so whenever you try and even and this happens with hindus too so i'll be very honest here like the moment you try to point out flaws in religion right you try to point out uh, the 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 weaknesses in 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 religious thinking or the weaknesses in religious thought 
So uh, Shuchi is back. So okay, so I'll go to you first, and then I'll go to Abhishek Shuchi. So Shuchi, my question was that uh, the, I found this trend, and this trend. Uh, so let me put it this way: that whenever you try and criticize religion, right, the religious person's retort is, "Oh, you don't have skill in the game. You're not a believer. So why are you criticizing religion? You have no business criticizing religion." And I've never found this to be a very good argument. And I'll I'll put that argument out. Uh, so. religion is the most powerful meme that controls probably everything in society because it's the oldest game in town like it's been controlling society for thousands of years now so everything that stems out of religion that has a societal impact has an impact on each and every person in the society so when a religious belief comes out and has its effect on a constitution of india to say that how can you comment on religion you're not a believer is actually very poor because i'm sorry the constitution applies to everybody in a democratic setup so how, how do you feel about it when they, these kinds of things are told that oh you don't have skin in the game why you don't believe to side mein jaake baith jao are main kyun baithu bhai mere ko effect karta hai so two things i'll just go back a little bit because i think I, some there was a, a technical glitch and i couldn't uh, add my two cents to what you guys were talking about in terms of atheism uh, so this entire uh, what is this staunch atheism like very very rigid and uh, very uh, dogmatic atheism that you were talking about that originated in the west that was linked to uh, marxism and uh, extreme left ideologies um so ideally this atheism should have stemmed from rational thinking you know when you don't agree with uh, the tenets of a religion and you question religion and uh, you know offer to have uh, an opinion of your own on it right but then if you're going to be that fanatic anyway uh, about things and so i really don't see the point of that kind of atheism if you have to be that fanatic you might as well align yourself to islam or christianity or something you know uh, coming back to your second uh, question what was it again sorry i just lost spot no no so it, it is about uh... you know what i said that whenever we try to criticize religion as a disbeliever if i try to criticize any religious belief i get the same retort oh you are not a believer you don't have skin in the game like you, oh yes. tumko kya karna i was like how can i not criticize it it affects my life too yes we live in the society religion uh, like it or not impacts us all uh, in the same way so and since people like us we do identify as hindus whether anybody else likes it or not not uh, it automatically we do have skin in the game so uh, again that that whole thekedari of a religion ki kaun iske bare mein baat kar sakta hai kaun is cult it's not a cult you know ki kaun is uh, elite club mein aa sakta hai aap isme ho ki nahi aapko bolna chahiye ki nahi that entire uh, thing uh, is totally senseless and like you say yeah uh, the constitution applies same to everybody and you are all allowed to have an opinion and if you want to have a discourse around uh, religion and you know iron out uh, the pain points or uh, you know when a civilizational battle is how i would like to call it and you need to hear diverse voices and you need to have that kind of healthy discussion with uh, people who are not on the same page as you otherwise how else do you plan to do that 
Yeah, so Abhishek, what do you think about this problem? Every time I've noticed there's like, uh, like religious people coming back to me and saying, oh, you don't have skin in the game, X, Y, Z. I was like, how do I not have skin in the game? So how have you tackled this problem? So as I said, uh, I mean, you know, it is exactly the difference between uh, science and the scientific method. So as long as uh, you are accepting rationality as a basis, right, you have a place in science. And of course, because of the because of the problem that some of these things can be ill-defined, there will be anti-scientific people who can take advantage of that. I mean, just there is all there's for instance, there's always uncertainty in science, and there's always going to be some fool who's going to take advantage of that and try to get rid of science itself. But for that, you don't get rid of the scientific method. Now, if you specifically talk about the Indian scenario, and I'm talking mostly of the Hindu scenario, like I said, I definitely believe there is a war on Hinduism overall, because they do want to get rid of this last pagan culture. And the fear that outsiders will come and they will take our religion away, that is completely real. I'm, I mean, I'm from Jharkhand. I know there is a war on but uh, so the thing is, it is a situation, it is a difficult situation. You have to make this distinction somehow. You have to keep making this distinction. You cannot get rid of this. So just like that, just because anti-scientific people are always there to make fun of science, you don't stop believing in the scientific method. But at the same time, you don't stop going on the offensive against the, the anti-scientific people as well. Right. And you have to keep striking a balance. Like I said, there are never going to be easy answers. And you have to give people a seat at the table as long as they do believe in the Hindu method. And nobody can stop that. But again, there will be people who will try to take advantage of this. I mean, uh, there are some uh, leftists who will try to who will try to be like, you know, the, do you know this term concern concern trolling? Yeah. There is this thing called concern trolling, which is a which is a fantastic concept. It says that if I come to you and I say that I am from a different ideology and then I try to convince you, you'll never be convinced because that's just how people's minds work. So you come along as uh, like this Trojan horse and you pretend to be on that guy's side and slowly and slowly you're working him out of that. So there are going to be such elements and there is a need to watch out for such elements and it's always going to be a, a question of balance. It, it is difficult, it is impossible to tell exactly where scientific questioning stops and where there is somebody who might be questioning with mal intent, somebody who's trying to destroy, destroy science itself. There could be such elements, the same thing applies to religion. So there will be anti-Hindu elements who are trying to destroy the religion itself. And they will try to take advantage of this openness of the Hindu yay. But as long as somebody is claiming to be part of the Hindu method, you cannot make blanket statements like they don't have a place at the table. You can't say that. There is this there is this word that keeps coming up, stakeholders. And there are some egoistic people who keep using it. And it really bothers me. Like they don't have a stake. They don't have a stake. You have to, you have to be open about it. You have to be careful. Trust but verify. That's what Ronald Reagan said. Trust but verify. You know so what's yeah, so I'll tell you what's interesting in this entire scenario is that uh, that by the way, that's a beautiful line, trust but verify. I, I I I remember that line myself very clearly. But then how do we get out of this rigmarole, right? So I'll give you a very tangible example. I'll go to Shuchi first and then I'll come to you. Uh so there was this minister, I think he was this BJP minister. I found it very annoying. So he had covered himself with mud and I don't know what sort of nonsense, and he was blowing a shank. Now, I 
now he is he his whole stick was uh entirely based on our ancestors knew everything i mean very straightforward and brutally honest over here now if i try and criticize that as look that's booga booga that's a load of bollocks what are you talking about nobody knows what's happening how the hell have you figured out ki shank bajana aur gobar aur mitti mein ghumne se bhai tune covid solve kar liya aur baad mein tu to bhai minister hai aapne to apna kaam kar liya aur baad mein logon ne aapke shank bajane ka kaam kar diya to unki to pungi baj jani hai so shuchi how does a disbeliever criticize something like this how does a disbeliever uh, why i mean what i wanted to say is why can't i as a disbeliever criticize this or usme bhi kya skin in the game ki argument aa jayegi tum nahi mante ho tumhara lived experience mein everything is lived experience it's not a lot like uh, post modernism yeah i don't think uh, i mean even as a believer you should criticize that because uh, religion if at all should be about faith and not superstition agar aapko Uh, and that whole idea that our ancestors knew everything and uh, it was a utopian world is not true they probably whatever they knew was relevant for those times for that world but you you don't live in that world anymore the your environment has changed your circumstances have changed your uh, uh, you know the world it, in itself uh, requires a different value system to operate so that whole um, willingness to evolve and adapt is uh, missing in a very large section like like you said this shank and uh, gobar uh, malna so there was a logic to it at some point because it's supposed to have antibacterial property and people use that uh, to you know disinfect surfaces and all that but that's not going to work on this virus right we have come thousands of years uh, ahead of that so this is not so much about religion as it is about being gullible and uh, uh, superstitious so that that is again another discussion that where do you uh, stop uh, being religious and you, you know step into a very blind faith gullible territory so that that isn't that such an issue that where does uh, because it doesn't religion in a very weird way fundamentally base itself on some basic level of belief of the follower yes that, that is exactly what i started my whole discussion on that uh, it's all about seekers and followers so a set of people who have been told and now you know you will have so many of these babas who are representatives of the religion they will tell you uh, what religion is about they will not give you the room to uh, question and explore and find answers for yourself that is in itself problematic so that whole rational thinking like abhishek said it is difficult it is uh, it makes things very difficult for people like us because uh, yeah. there is a part of that um, relates to a civilization but there is a, a, another huge part that just does not um, see any sense in what is going on and of course we are embarrassed to uh, uh, you know al- align ourselves to that school of thought so uh, yeah i mean that, that's what i'm saying it's a whole scale where do you stop being uh, spiritual and start being religious where do you stop being religious and uh, become unreasonably superstitious need to say yeah that that's true so uh, abhishek uh, here's the problem right so where do, where is that line 
that that line yeah. is always yeah. blurred right now i'll give you another example let's say in a scenario where we live in 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 a society where i mean i think it's a pretty settled scenario that evolution is real natural evolution by natural selection is real but then you have uh, i'm not saying this is a bjp phenomenon i've seen this in the congress too where there was this ridiculous minister in the congress i forgot i think it was gulam nabi azad who said oh homosexuality is a disease as like wait what i did not get this memo what are you talking about sir i mean and these are ministers imagine cabinet rank ministers uttering these things and this is where we run into the problem right where religion turns into dogma and if a disbeliever criticizes that dogma and then that disbeliever becomes the enemy of religion i mean how is that that line how do we decide because that line is very dicey we don't know when we cross the line on the other side and when we cross the line on uh, on on our side so how do we do that abhishek how do you manage it at a personal level Maybe, yeah, let, so, let, leave, leave leave the world aside no i mean uh, i so so this is the question of pseudo science so i find uh, this a uh, matter of pseudo science very very fascinating so because you know there is a certain uh, sort of because pseudoscience is extremely popular which is a big problem now the way i see it is that so as you, everybody can see that it is the blurring now the, the lines are blurring but for me the way i see it is that it has to be a question of proportion and uh, so that guy for instance so let's talk about that guy who put some uh, i don't know some mud on his head or something and said that this will uh, destroy covid and see the thing is what i feel is that it is a matter of scale when there is pseudo science so because there's always going to be pseudo science how you tackle it is it has to be at the level at which uh, the scale at which it is happening now there are certain interests and certain ecosystems that have the power to take something small in one sphere and make it big and take something big in another sphere and make it small so i will give you a perfect example which actually has nothing to do with pseudoscience but few days maybe a year or so back it became totally viral on twitter there was this exec i don't know if you remember this incident and uh, he he's from some very big business school he's a big mba or something and he said that my uber driver is a bigoted uh, hindutvavadi and he had this big debate with him and he posted it all over and then twitter got mad at him and i think he had to apologize or something like that because he had said some very offensive things about the other guy so i actually wrote about it on opinion and one of the things that i pointed out was suppose suppose that the guy that with the mba and the big business degree he actually was getting his facts right with that uber driver it wouldn't prove anything because you know what because that guy who has that big uh, mba from i think i think it was indian school of business and uh, he has so he has a lot of exposure and he knows a lot of things him saying stuff when he takes on the say the a person belonging to a political ideology from another to a person of a different political ideology you can't put the isb uh, graduate I, I might be wrong about isb but it's some very big business school my mind is totally is not very my memory is not very good but as long as you have a high powered exec on one side arguing with an uber driver on the other side it's not a fair contest you have to it has to be a battle of lights only then it makes sense so the same thing with pseudo science when you are talking about pseudo science you have to look at it in terms of proportion and there are certain people who are able to take pseudo science 
but small at a small scale on one side and blow it up into a certain narrative so for instance i will give you an example on this exact covid thing the other day i was i was listening to richard wolf so richard wolf i don't know if you know this he is a very very highly regarded economist he he started yale he started at new york university i think he is currently a professor at U university of massachusetts amherst he's a he's a harvard phd a stanford uh, a master see he's got the full thing and he explains that the reason corona virus is a problem is actually because of capitalism and he says without capitalism the government would have stockpiled uh, you know protective equipment for every single part of the human body in enough proportion to accommodate all 7 billion people in the world and the reason the companies didn't do is do this is because they were focused on profit motives now think about this this is a guy who started yale this is an actual yale professor a harvard phd he's got everything he's got everything that was just uh, you know it's just amazing he has an amazing cv and an academic of this magnitude is pushing something which is high grade which is like high grade bullshit and high grade superstition but what happens is and then see this stuff it doesn't get circulated even though it's large scale and much more dangerous but there is some guy some poor mla who doesn't really know much better i mean i can imagine his background there's no way uh, he's had all the he he has land education from harvard there's no way he started yale but you know he puts a little mud on his head and now there is an ecosystem which is able to take a small scale incident and make it a global incident so for instance if you want to talk about pseudoscience let us worry about this you know the, the, let, so people so whenever people talk about babas i mean it always reminds me of the pope the pope held this huge gathering for mother teresa curing cancer from heaven and uh, the government of india and governments around the world sent representation over there and it was a, and just think about this mother teresa she's sitting in heaven and she decides to cure two people from cancer just think about how diminishing that idea is in this world there's all sorts of people suffering from all sorts of things and she is a mother she is sitting in the sky and she can help everybody if she wants but she chooses out two random people who prayed to her and cured them and they declare that well she's cured cancer and now we've all got to throw her apart so there's this large scale superstition which sort of goes away goes unremarked upon and it just passes along and nobody comments on it so i remember i actually visited uh, skopje in uh, macedonia which uh, claims to be like teresa's birthplace or something there's some dispute between those countries albania macedonia there's a, a general mess about who really owns mother teresa so i was walking down the streets of skopje and i took with my own hands a photograph of a, so there's mother teresa's quotations marked all over the city in made of brass so with my own hands i took photograph of this plaque which says the greatest threat to world peace is abortion saint teresa so you have this large scale superstition which sort of goes ignored because one side has a very powerful ecosystem and the other side does not so it's like some omji maharaj will hold a party and drink gomutra i don't think it actually drank gomutra he is not even dumb enough to do that he was probably drinking pepsi and saying it's gomutra but anyway so and but there is this ecosystem which is able to take that thing global but then when some yale professor he slips up the other side does not have the kind of ecosystem that can take it global and say well what about communist superstition and for instance there is this thing and there is this thing that is i i i try to put it out in every forum and this thing really bothers me you can go to the official website of the cpim right now and you can read that black holes are a challenge to the working class 
It says What? so on the CPM's website. You can go to the website of the CPM, the official website, and there is an essay over there that says that black holes oh, in space yeah. are a challenge to the working class. They so it's like there is this group of people which is a which is able to get away with pretty much anything, and they know that they have put it up on their official website. They're not hiding anything. They're not trying to hide it from anyone because they know that their ecosystem is so powerful that they can say anything and get away with. It. What do so, what black holes do? And, the, 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 and they say it, it's a challenge to the working class. This is what it says on the official website of the CPIM. So you know, and they're able to get away with these huge things. So, for instance, the, are you aware of this thing called Lysenkoism? I actually wrote about this recently in Op India. So, one of the things that is not well known is that the Communist Party of India does not believe in evolution. They believe in this thing called Lysenkoism, and this is not a joke. Lysenko was no joker. Lysenko was the president of the USSR Academy of Sciences. This is yeah. no joker, and yeah. the Communist Party adopted it as official doctrine. This was the official doctrine of the Soviet Union. This was the official doctrine of East Germany. This was the official doctrine of Poland. This was the official doctrine of Czechoslovakia. Every single biologist who finished a PhD in the communist countries had to write in his thesis that he has found that his work is consistent with Lysenkoism. And scientists who said that they believe in evolution, they were sent to concentration camps. Three thousand scientists were sent to concentration camps, and dozens were executed. This is the Communist Party. And you know the thing with pseudoscience is that it doesn't work. So what did Lysenkoism do? Obviously, Lysenkoism didn't work. And so when they used it to increase crop yields, there was a famine in Ukraine, and three million, thirty lakh people died in that famine because of Lysenkoism. It's called the Holodomor in Ukrainian, which means uh, uh, death due to starvation. This is 1932-33. So the Communist Party does not believe in evolution. They have rejected evolution and killed thirty lakh people. And the thing is, nobody talks about that. The problem is, everybody talks about the guy with mud on his head, but they don't talk about they don't talk about the Stalins and the Lenins and the Maos and the Marxists of the world who have killed thirty lakh people with their lack of belief in evolution. So you know, and and it's actually amazing. In some ways, I would say I feel bad for the religious. I mean, you know, everybody talks about how the Pope executed somebody 400 years ago. Nobody talks about how the communists killed 30 lakh people in 19 in Ukraine by not believing in evolution. Nobody talks. So so I was reading this book about the end of the Soviet Union, and one of the things I found there was they used to go into these places where the Soviets were piling biological weapons. Uh, so this was the facility at a place called Sverdlovsk. So there they were making. Bio weapons, and one of the guys. So these scientists, they would get regular visits from the KGB, and one of the guys at there, he found one of the guys in the library, and he had found the guy was reading a book on yoga. So he got a warning from the KGB for reading this book on yoga, and then one day, one of his associates goes in and finds him standing on his head, presumably doing shishasan. He was fired for that. So. So this is the so what worries me is that whenever this question of pseudoscience comes up, we are always shooting jaywalkers. So we are shooting the pedestrians, and there are these people who are walking along with tanks. That's what I'm saying. You know what goes viral in the name of pseudoscience is the guy with mud on his head. Is one guy with mud on his head. What doesn't go viral is the CPM official website with this essay that says that black holes are a challenge to the working class. That's why I recently wrote this article in Opinia saying three scientists they were given the Nobel Prize this year for their work on black holes is the is Comrade Yuri planning to sue them? I wanted to know. So you know for fighting the working class, but they it just goes along like that.
Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to take a, a few of the questions of the live viewers also. So Shuchi, before I go there, I think, uh, you know, Abhishek has given me a perfect question to ask you. So, <laughs> so we always talk about religious people and their dogma. And this is where atheism plus comes in. What Abhishek has spoken about is the classic atheism plus. Marxism is atheism plus. It is Abrahamism without the God. They remove the God and they replaced it with the proletariat. It is the same old shit in a new box. And the, the crazy freaks, they just keep peddling the same rubbish again and again. And now you have this, uh, I don't know if you guys know this. So I'm listening to this excellent book called The Parasitic Mind by Gad Saad. And you know, he, talk, he talks about uh, feminist mathematics. You're a math guy, Abhishek. Did you know yeah. there is feminist mathematics? Well, I will tell you this. Ah, so this is another one of my favorite examples. So there is this professor by the name of Sandra Harding, and she's no joker either. She's a professor at UCLA. She came up with this discovery that calculus is actually a rape manual. Exact words. I'm not kidding. So it is exact words. And she's a professor at the University of California at Los Angeles. And for what it's worth, that's a state school. The good people of California, I, I, I'm sure, I mean, considering how international Indians are, I'm sure there's at least one guy here who lives in California. So that person should know that their taxes right now are going to pay for university professors who believe that calculus is a rape manual. But they, they had all these ridiculous ideas. They said Beethoven's music, Beethoven's music is full of phallic symbols. And uh, then there was this other thing about, they said that why is solid mechanics studied before liquid mechanics? And believe it or not, they had a sexual metaphor for that. Why is solid mechanics taught in physics before liquid mechanics? You just figure it out. All right. So Abhishek, you I, I want, uh, you're so, a mathematician, but I want Shuchi to, <laughs> to answer this. Shuchi, do you know that 2 plus 2 is equal to 5 now? If you go to the extreme of any line, you will become a uh, you will become a joker, right? So I mean religion, I mean all the religions inherently are misogynist. That we can agree upon. But then this other counter extreme that has come in that uh, you know the stuff that Abhishek just elaborated and we should probably have another podcast on this because I'm so interested to know more about this. Oh, trust me, I will I will do one podcast. I'm gonna send all the math data to Abhishek. Yeah, so the, that balance and rationality, I think that's the zone that we want to aim for in every area. Yeah, but how do we? That's the point, Shuchi. How do we come to that zone where two plus two stays four and we don't put cow dung or mud on our on blow a shank to get COVID? I mean, do you have any answer? I want you to give an answer and then Abhishek can also give it and then we'll take a few of the questions. But with uh, Shuchi, what, what's the answer? The answer is pretty simple and probably the most difficult to do uh, is to open up the locks of your mind, open up your ears and have a civilized, polite discussion without, uh, you know, getting personal. I mean, just based on rational facts. That's, that's the only way ahead of everything. But that is unfortunately, unfortunately what we are not able to achieve at the moment. So, so Abhishek, how do we deal with this problem? Where do we draw the line where 2 plus 2 does not become 5? By the way, I'll send you the paper, bro. 
I'm going to send you the paper, the proper paper written about 2 plus 2 is equal to 5 and how they criticize. Uh, and you should see the shit they come up with. It's hilarious. So, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I have uh, uh, sort of marginally heard about that one, but I would like to say something like, uh, so, so two plus two isn't. So, I, so if you ask me, two plus two isn't actually four. Two plus two is defined to be four. There's a small difference, but the. Yeah, it's an action. So, but in any case, uh, so if you ask me, rationality is a constant struggle. And uh, it's much better than, uh, it's, it's a nice form of inner struggle. So I will not elaborate where I got the term inner struggle. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, but rationality is a constant inner struggle that you have to keep doing. And uh, it's, and one, one of the things that I like to say, I feel I came up with this line, is that it's not that easy to free the mind. So one of the things that really motivated me was a few, few years ago, I heard about this incident at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Some guy dropped his spectacles on the floor by mistake. And when he came back for it, there was a bunch of people standing around it, taking photos of those spectacles, thinking it was great art. So you can see that no matter how much you feel that uh, you, know, you have uh, come out of the bonds of being irrational, being irrational is also, it's one of the things that we are pre-programmed to do sort of inside our heads. So one has to keep struggling to free the mind. Being rational is very, very hard. I, I can in no way say that, in no way insist that I have figured out how to be completely rational. It's really, really big and a big struggle. As far as drawing the line in the world is concerned, it's about every, it's about the same. You go back to what Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. There's really not that much you can do. There are no easy answers. All right, so I'm going to start taking a few questions because it's uh, then we can wrap it up. Uh, so, okay, this question is actually for both of you. So, Shuchi, I'm uh, going to go for you first. Shuchi, I've uh, muted you because there was some echo at your end, so I'll unmute you myself. Don't worry about that. So, the, I'm just going to read the question out. Anam says, uh, what is the difference in the Hindu way of life and a Hindu method? Uh, interesting question. So he's like, I hear a lot about uh, the statement of way of life to define Hindus. Uh, before I come to you guys and Shuchi, so I'll just put it over. I think that way of life is the most weirdest thing. I mean, everybody has a way of life. Even dogs and cats have a way of life. So what the hell? So so Shuchi, how do you un uh, differentiate between a way of life and a method in Hinduism? And you don't have to give a definitive answer, but it's a work in progress. No, like uh, I agree with you. Uh, the way of life phrase means nothing to me. Everybody has a way of life. Everything is a way of life. Uh, Hinduism is a religion. Let's let, let's first accept that and not try and uh, you know whitewash it that oh this is uh, in this way different from uh, other religions. That it's not a religion. It's a way of life. Uh, it, it's a very vague terminology that has no practical implication as such. It is a religion. It comes with uh, a certain core beliefs. Uh, and yes, I mean, first, first we need to get to that step where we are accepting that, yes, we align to a religion, be it in a civilizational sense or uh, in any other sense. Uh, but yeah, it is a method. It is a religion, not a way of life. All right, Abhishek, what do you think? Yeah, so I actually sort of agree with the term way of life, and I don't think it's completely meaningless. I'll give you an So if you ask me, for instance, who is a Hindu, one of the ways is to that, okay, you believe in the Hindu method. But there is also another approach that one can take, which, uh, <clears throat> which I would say is, you are a Hindu if other Hindus say that you're a Hindu. Now, this might 
sounds circular, but it's really not. If you ask what makes India a country, how do you know India is a nation? Well, India is a nation because uh, India is a country because other countries accept that we are a country. Suppose tomorrow you're trying to form a new country. So how are these tiny countries like South Ossetia? Now they are fighting over this Nagorno-Karabakh. So how do we know that Nagorno-Karabakh is a country or not? They say they are a country, but they are a country when other countries say they are a country. So just like that, how are you a Hindu? If other Hindus, perhaps, that is one of the ways one can define a country, is that if other Hindus say that you're a Hindu. So if you think about that like this, so the Hinduism as a way of life view is saying that, you know, you have, you start with a geographical area or a civilizational entity and everybody who belongs to that civilizational entity, if they agree that you are part of that, well, then you are part of that. It is circular, but it's also not circular. It's, it's, it's like a scientific hypothesis. How do you know it? this is accepted science? As long as other scientists accept that it's a science. Well, then how do you become a scientist? Well, there's, it sounds circular, but it really is not. All right. So, Abhishek, the next question is for you. So, do you think uh, the atheism that stems from the West uh, is built on the idea that I suffered when I lost my faith? You should too. That's a good question. That is a very good uh, question. It, it, it might be. It, it, it's a very refreshing way to uh, look at the situation. It, it's pity, and I'm going to quote it next time I meet some uh, Western. So, so, so it's like, hum to like dube hai, it. Tumhe bhi I like it. I, I do like it. I definitely like it. Uh, all right. So now time to ask a question to Shuchi and it is in this context so obviously this is based on a current thing that has happened Suchi so we are all aware of the horrific beheading that has just happened in Paris I mean so the question is in this context that can we first of all obviously whatever has happened in Paris is uh, horrific but do we need to ever fear of something like that happening in our neck of the woods with our people with the Hindu society what do you think uh, it is a legit fear, yes, I would say. Not not probably, um, I mean, might be a little premature of me to say that, but if it is unfettered and that fanaticism grows to that level and it's unchecked and uncountered uh, uh, for them, yeah, it, it's not an immediate threat, but the way things are moving in that direction we might get to a point which would be very unfortunate and very against the values that we embody as a civilization uh abhishek what do you think so when so when i come across this uh, my standard uh, response is something like this to me it is a bit like looking at uh, an oil well on fire and then you look at that oil well which is on fire and you start worrying well will the bay of bengal also catch on fire so there is a slight difference. I will not go into, I will not try to explain my analogy deliberately, but uh, oil does catch fire and water does not. So now when I said this to some other people as well, they told me, no, no, but don't you know about what happened 100, 200 years ago? And that guy actually, that person actually lives in the US. I said, okay, I accept what happened 100 years ago, but uh, how about this? So you are in the US right now, the US is really worried about China. Uh, well, why don't they worry about Japan as well? The Japanese did attack Pearl Harbor, right? So keep an eye on the Japanese as well while you are keeping an eye on the Chinese. Does that make sense? Probably not. So yes, while theoretically anything is possible, we have to be aware that you know oil catches fire and water doesn't. 
Yeah, so how I would put it is that I think, uh, like you said, Sam Harris, I think, once put it in a very beautiful way. Sam Harris said the fundamentalist of a religion is as good as the fundamentals of the religion. Now, yeah. a fundamentalist Jain will not even hurt a fly. He will probably go like, <laughs> my best friend's a Jain. I, I mean, I'm not making it up. Like when a mosquito comes, he just does this. He literally, he does not even do this. He just does this. And, and I just look at him and I wonder, I was like, what a what a weird scenario, bro. You're just like machhar aara hai, makhi aari hai, aur tu usko sirf apne haath se aise hata raha hai. Cockroach aata hai tere aage, tu apne se haathon se usko pakadta hai, aur tu aise pyaar se usko maar chhod deta hai. Aur... Cockroach, maybe death. <laughs> so so matlab so in my if I was to answer this question, I would say I don't see a legit fear of. Uh, of Hinduism going in that line because at the end of the day, a Hindu fundamentalist will follow Hinduism. And when he goes and tries to follow Hinduism, one of the core tenets is Ahinsa. So, and bravo, there is no blasphemy in Hinduism. So you can blaspheme in Hinduism. So I'm in that sense, very secure at a fundamental level. Oh, the only people who scare me at times are what I call the Abrahamic Hindus. I call them Abrahamic Hindus, very specific breed of Hindus who have imbibed a lot of Abrahamism in them. They scare me. Other than that, honestly, nothing else scared. So another couple of questions. So Shri Ram, inka naam hai. So Abhishek, we can go to you. ISKCON is converting people around the world, taking cues from Abrahamic faiths. How can we say Hinduism is not aggressive? How do we deal with cults? All yours, bro. Uh, so I would say that, you know, you take pretty much anything in the world and there's always going to be a second story, right? So there's, I mean, nothing is ever going to be as smooth. You take pretty much anything in the world and there's always going to be layers in it. There's always going to be counter stories, contradictory stories. If you look at the Finnish, for instance, the, fin the Finnish people, they fought on both sides in World War II. They fought with the Nazis and they fought against the Nazis. So which side were they? There's always going to be. So when you take a phenomenon that is so big, there's one over one billion Hindus in the world. There's always going to be a second story somewhere. Nothing can be unidirectional. It's never as uh, simple as. Yeah. It can never happen. So I agree. So, yeah. So there's one question for me. So I'll just answer it. Sudhendra says, uh, is Nirishwarvad anti-theism or theism? Well, in, in my worldview, Nirishwarvad is just uh, Nia. Or sorry, anti-theism or atheism. I think it's neither atheism nor anti-theism. It is nirishwarvad. It is uh, at best you can call it skepticism to certain divine claims. If you want, uh, so Sudhendra, I hope that answers it. Anyway, so I think uh, you know, I'm conscious of your time. So it's already an hour and 15 minutes. So before we wrap things up, I want to go to Shuchi first. So Suchi, if uh, if we were to make closing remarks uh, to believers and disbelievers, what would you say, Suchi? We'll just, I probably just uh, let's have more open-minded discussions and uh, arrive at a rational, balanced zone rather than you know veering towards either extreme. Because I, I mean, the at the end of either extreme, you'll find idiot. So I, I think the middle path is somewhere that we should be gunning for. Right. So. Abhishek, what is that middle path? How, how would you say we, we address this issue? So the way I would say is, I mean, of course, being somebody who believes very much in rationality, I would say that, you know, embrace uh, rationalism as a very wholesome form of uh, inner struggle. 
and uh, try to be rational in all sorts of things when you see and yes threats will be so so one has to look for ways to demarcate but keep in mind that the demarcations will not come easily that answers are not going to be easy be aware that you know there's always there's always counter narratives there's always a second story you have to ultimately there are choices there are difficult choices there are easy choices there are difficult choices and then there are blind choices like the one we saw at the beginning of covid do you lock down or don't you lock down that's a blind choice you don't know so so there will be these things there will be you know as long as you can so the thing is as long as we can make the process self correcting we are good but beyond that there's really not that Fair enough. All right, guys. Time to wrap things up. Just we'll leave you guys with a few of my closing comments. Uh, you know, disbelief is complex. Uh, yeah, maybe Abhishek and I we've had a very docile experience as disbelievers, and I get most Hindus have docile experiences. So I just wanted to give you a few data points before we close this up. You know, a lot of people find it very confusing that whenever surveys come up in India, right? Like you go to Nordic countries, fifty-five percent of people say they are irreligious atheists. you go to america now 25% have become the nuns which is no official religious affiliation they're either agnostic or atheist or just say we don't belong to any religion when it comes to india the number is still 2 to 3% and people don't get it well i'll tell you why people don't get it is because the overarching experience of a disbeliever in the hindu fold has been of non hostility and i say this without any problem and before somebody comes and i think abhishek put it up very well so you will show me an anecdote of one disbeliever having a bad experience well anecdotes do not make a trend anecdata is never data anecdotes are what they are called anecdotes so the overarching experience like i'll tell you tomorrow if a survey guy you know how they come for surveys in india population surveys if they come and ask me so are you a hindu or not yeah hindu i'm sure abhishek is going to give the same answer i know majority of disbelievers are going to give the same answer it has never been a problem in the hindu fold it has never this this why do you not believe has never been an issue charvak darshan has been one of the oldest darshans in india sankhya being an astic darshan also did not believe in an ishwar the older mimamsa also did not believe in an ishwar then you had maybe jainism which is again an astic darshan does not have a concept of a ishwar so the the society that this this society was never obsessed with a belief in a ishwar or not even maybe karma or reincarnation for that matter the society was always a you know ethics and virtue driven society the focus was always on how you are as a person not on your belief in the one true god or the prophet or the messenger this is a abrahamic problem that we are actually kind of importing into our discourse and we need to be very careful the reason today i decided to have this discussion was we needed to show look shuchi is a believer abhishek and i are disbelievers but you know we can all get along i'm married to a believer my parents are believers all my friends are believers we've never even had a problem in our life so let us not lose our one essence that is the beauty of dharma dharma's beauty has always been its plurality its plurality the way we have been able to deal with each other survive with each other for thousands of years i mean charvak darshan is pretty old charvak and sankhya are pretty old darshanas and we need to realize these things and and uh, you know before i wrap things up once again i want to thank shuchi and abhishek for coming on the podcast uh, guys uh, it was a pleasure talking to you thanks a lot for coming on the podcast thank you so much it was lovely thank you thank you kushal
Okay. All right, guys. So you know the drill. If you like what I'm doing over here, please like, subscribe. You can follow Shuchi and uh, Abhishek on Twitter. I've left their Twitter handles on uh, in the description of the podcast. Even if you are going to be listening to the audio version, just go in the description. You can follow them on Twitter. You can read Shuchi's work. Uh, she's written uh, nice books. Uh, Abhishek has also written uh, many articles on Up India and many other places. You can go and read them. Uh, if you like what I'm doing over here, you can become a member of the channel on YouTube or join uh, the subscription on Patreon. Uh, and on that note, I'll say goodbye. I'll see you guys next time. Namaste. Take care.